It was okay, but not as good as American Thanksgiving. Tepid Step, your premium Texas high school football podcast from your friends, your amigos, your football buddies at Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. I am the Tep, Greg Tepper. And I am the Step, Matt Step. Thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. You are our very favorite people. Um, and as you may notice, there is a little bit of disparity in in the the audio quality. Not that you don't sound wonderful, Matthew, but you're coming to us from the Great White North. Yes, I am in Canada at the moment, Cambridge, Ontario, to be exact. Is uh, okay. I don't. I have no idea. I. This is something. I have a college degree, and I am a theoretically smart person. I have no idea where that is in Canada. So Cambridge is west of Toronto, about oh, I'd say fifty miles west of downtown Toronto. Mm-hmm. Uh, going between, you know, if you're if you were to. to Go from Toronto and just go due west. Be about fifty miles west. Um, it's actually, we actually, you know, Toronto gets the Buffalo television stations. We're actually close enough to Detroit where we get Buffalo and Detroit TV stations. Wow. So, two trash Midwest cities television stations <laughs> we get. Man, you are you are hashtag blessed. Yeah, I mean, you know, if I want to watch Detroit Lions football, which actually isn't terrible these days, or Buffalo Bills football, which, which also isn't, isn't terrible, terrible these, I, I get, I can watch both. How about I mean, man? You are, yeah. you are living right. Um, yeah, it's better than watching the Cowboys after oh, Sunday's debacle. And you're the Cowboys fan here. I want to be clear. I, I am, and it is. It's tough scene these days. Tough scene. Are you done with Garrett? Yes, I'm done with Garrett. Uh, two weeks in a row to come out completely unprepared uh, in the first half of football games is unacceptable, especially against an 0-4 team. This is your Week 7 Review, Week 8 Preview edition of Tep and Step, your premium Texas high school football podcast. And we're going to get to a lot of good stuff around the state, most notably... Um, we have a little bit of breaking news because we are recording this on Tuesday. Normally we record it on Monday, but I'm actually yes. glad we're recording it on Tuesday because we had some news come down. I know. That, uh, I that, saw that. that makes this a little bit more fun. But in yeah. any case, Matthew, we will start as we always do with your Texas high school football fun fact of the week. All right. Matt Step, this is very simple. We have You know our computer rankings at Dave Campbell's Texas Football. TexasFootball.com, courtesy of our friends at Jerry Ford, our yes. friend Jerry Force at PixieandPrep.com. Does a great job. He, tremendous, he, he, tremendous data dump every week. Yes, it's very, very good. Matt Step, who in 6A, according to our computer rankings, who is the lowest rated undefeated team? They are 6 and 0. I will tell you that much. That's not okay. Right. Okay. Um. Trying to see. Lowest rated undefeated 6A team. Is it. Is it going through my list here mm-hmm. in my head. Um, is it Pasadena Doby? It is not Pasadena Doby. Doby, 
uh, is not getting all that much respect, but they are ranked 56th in 6A. Uh, wow, there's, some, there's an undefeated team ranked lower than 56. Oh, buddy. Yes. Oh, wow, okay. This team um, is ranked 147th. Wow. Hashtag disrespect. Hashtag season. computer disrespect. That is yeah. technically, that is the bottom half. There's 252 yeah. 6A teams. Yeah. Um, Give you one more guess. Wow, undefeated team ranked that low. Round Rock, no, it can't be Round Rock Stony Point. Uh, they're they're actually ranked pretty high. Um, is there a team in Houston that I'm forgetting about? Is it a Houston area team? It is not a Houston area team, no. Okay. I'm, uh, uh, is there a Valley team that's, that's undefeated that I'm missing? Mm-hmm. Valley, it's got, it's, um, um, who's undefeated in the Valley? You got it. It's in the Valley? Okay. It's, uh, it's not 32-6A. Uh, 31-6A. You're listening to live coverage of Matt Steph. Yeah, I'm going through my, my – and I, I'm really – I'm not looking at my computer. I mean, I'm looking no. at my computer, but I'm not trying to research yeah. it. Um, no, Is it like La, one of the La Jolla's? La Jolla, Juarez, Lincoln? Ranked 147th at 6-0, and the mighty warriors of McAllen Rowe. Oh, we just had the coach on, yes, too. we did. Yeah, we just yeah. had Bobby okay. Flores on. They are 6-0, and getting no respect from the computers. And and part of it, I'll tell you part of it. Their schedule that, wasn't great in non-district. Now, here's the thing. They do have a win on the road at Westlaco, which has aged very well. Considering what Westlaco did last week, ending Edinburgh Vela's uh, impressive 33-game district winning streak. But the biggest problem that they have is that Everyone they probably else, they, started really low, didn't they? Uh, they did. They started off really low. Um, and then the other thing is that when they've beaten teams, they haven't beaten them necessarily as convincingly as the computer wants. They were 19-point favorites over Mercedes. They won by three. They were 33-point favorites over Edinburgh North. They won by 22. And and that's kind of... They, they were 24-point favorites over McAllen. They won by 14. The, the, the computer values dominance. And um, and they just haven't been dominant. And by the way, they now have they have, they have four more games left. They're underdogs. To the, the computer thinks they're underdogs in three other four. Yeah, yeah. The end of their their you know I know they have their game against McAllen Memorial. I think they still have to play PSJA. Yeah, they play PSJA um, and, this week, and then they're at Mission too. Yeah, those are three really tough games. So anyway, because, I can see that because I love doing the computer ranking because I, I I write inside the numbers on TexasFootball.com, and I'm always interested in those little quirks like really highly ranked winless teams and really lowly ranked uh, um, undefeated teams. For example, uh, I'll give you a perfect example. Is Childress. So Childress, the computer has just been like hanging on and hanging on, be like, no, we still think they're good. Like we still think they're good. And finally, they won last week, and they mm-hmm. jumped. They jumped up. They're number twelve in three A Division two at one and five. At one right? and five, they are ahead of. This is one hundred percent true. They are two spots ahead of undefeated Paul Pewitt and three spots ahead of undefeated Palmer. Well, I mean, they just beat an undefeated team in Friona. So I mean, yeah. hey, they they've. They've, they've shown they can do it. So. Yes, absolutely. Anyway, that is your Texas high school football fun fact of the week. So let's get into a little bit of Week 7 recap. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I don't think that there were a ton of major headlines coming out of the week until now we're recording on Tuesday. And 
obviously the big result coming out of Saturday or Friday rather, although your game Saturday too, we'll get to that. But Friday was Lake Travis's thrilling win over Westlake, twenty six twenty five, and all we were talking about on Monday's show and all I was talking about on Fox Sports Southwest on Friday was how, oh man, this launches them right back into the state championship contention. And then you're out of town and so you can't drop the step bomb, so instead it's our buddy Jay Plotkin. It's we a got, plot bomb. We got a plot bomb. Yeah. Hudson Card is the quarterback, and the Texas commit is – it sounds like it would be pretty surprising if he wasn't done for the year. Um, and, I mean, I'm not overreacting, right? This is this is super crushing. It's big. Um, I, I don't think it's as bad as – I think of the, of the teams in the state, Lake Travis can handle a quarterback injury better than anyone because they do have a guy in Nate Yarnell who who holds division one offers in waiting in the wings, but he's not as experienced as card. And I don't think he brings the, the dynamic running threat to the quarterback position that card brings. Now cards tried to stay in the pocket and throw the ball a little bit more, but he still has that element where he can't, he could run if he wanted to. So um, it's a big loss. And Lake Travis has just been, you know, they've had some bad luck with injuries this year. Mm-hmm. And Hank Carter, they're kind of holding it together with duct tape right now. And you got to wonder, you know, are, are they – you know, we were talking about Lake Travis after they beat Westlake as, you know, the the pretty much, you know, prohibited favorite in, in Region 4, Division 1. Now, I, I think it's a lot more wide open for a team. Could Judson finally get over the hump and beat them? Could – could we have a, a a team lurking that no one knows? But could could San Antonio O'Connor come up and sneak up? I mean, there there's the, the door's a little bit the door's been cracked open for sure now. Yeah, it's it's really obviously you never want to see these kinds of injuries, and it, it, it stinks for for a kid who is a senior. And 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 uh, but it's it's a really really interesting um, situation where we. I'll say, I'll say this: he went out he he went out with a, with the bang, yeah. beating Westlake in his last game. If that's his last high school game, he'll have yeah. some fond memories of that for sure. That is absolutely true. Um, you know the the other thing, and, and I know you went to uh, we, we were talking on the show last week uh, about how you were you had lucked out because you schedule out your your games and stuff like that, and you ended up going Saturday. You were scheduled to be down in, in Houston, and you got to see. Lamar consolidated and inconsolidated, and uh, I guess we thought that was going to be a lot better game than it was. But man, it, you were there, so you tell me. But that strikes me as A and M consolidated coming out there and kind of ripping open, ripping open the chest and say, "Do you want some?" It, it was a statement game for sure. And what, what was more, most impressive about the the win was is that Brian Darby didn't play for A and M consolidated, wow. and, and that's a guy who's committed to OU. And it didn't phase Consol on the least. They had two other guys. They put it, they brought in um, Kerry Brooks, who played quarterback at Bryan last year and transferred over to Consol this year, and had been playing linebacker and a little bit of wild wildcat quarterback in certain specialty packages. They put him at tailback, and, and man, he's he looked great. Um, they had another a third string running back who came in and spelled Brooks, who, who's not not very big, but he's really really quick. And then, uh, I mean, Devin Price out wide was a man-child out there. I, I think you saw some of his highlights and some of the things that he could do. And that the A&M commit uh, had an awesome game. And then, you know, they have another wide out. Nate Floyd is committed to Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's few teams in the state that can throw out the kind of skill position weapons that A&M Consolidated has with an OU commit, a Texas A&M commit, a Texas Tech commit, and a guy in Kerry Brooks who's probably going to be a – 
he's probably not going to be a P5 recruit, but I think he's at least a G5 Division One recruit. That's four D1 skill players right there yeah. to go along with um, with their quarterback, who um, you know is is really really savvy and really good. And what, what's what's impressed me about Consola is you know we had questions about them up front. We we knew they were good to skill spots. They won a state seven on seven championship, but they're their defensive line, Vince Sheffield, he's unblockable at times. And I thought their offensive line played really well. This this has got the looks of a complete team. And, and I think, you know, that, that second-round playoff matchup that they're looking at against Fort Ben Marshall is going to be tasty. Yeah, because that's one thing I guess we can throw out there because we are on the premium podcast. Uh, what, starting next week we got playoff projections? Yes. Yeah, so yeah, we'll, uh, after – so I'll, I'll be back in Texas uh, – Late Wednesday night, be at, be at games this weekend, and then uh, when I get back, uh, you know, from Houston this weekend, I will begin working on playoff projections, and I'm hoping to have them up for our premium subscribers, uh, if not late Tuesday um, by uh, six, but not by Wednesday for sure. Uh, we'll have them up for for premium subscribers only. So start to plot out playoff projections and playoff matchups. Yeah, it's going to be it's it's that time of year. It's, it's I mean, yeah, I mean it's week eight. I mean I, we're we're getting down to it. Was had it cooled off by the time you took off for Canada, or was it still hot here? No, no, we, the cold front came through. I, I think when uh when I, I was the 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 pilot point uh. <laughs> ponder game yes. that I was at Friday night. It was in the it was in the forties uh, yes. by the time the game ended Friday night. So the, yeah, it, it had cooled off. The pilot point ponder game you went through on purpose. <laughs> yes, seventy one to nothing pilot point. Yeah, uh, appreciate the hospitality in pilot point. I, I think you saw the picture of the grill that I snapped. It was legit. I had pulled pork baked potato at halftime. It was very lovely. Danny David was very hospitable and did a. His interview on TexasFootball.com is up. So if you want to see a coach talk to me after a seventy-one to nothing win and try to be try to be nice about the win, go, go watch the interview. <laughs> so let's move on to our week eight preview. Uh, week eight, uh, we'll do our game draft. If this is your first episode of Tep and Step, welcome. Here's how it works: we go back and forth picking games that we are most excited about uh, across the state of Texas. Once it is picked, it is off the board. Uh, we will go five rounds. We did a coin flip. Ashley Pickle witnessed the coin flip. Matt Step won the coin flip. So, All right. uh, you get the first. Appreciate pick. Ashley's honesty. Yes, you get the first. I was I was trying to cheat, and she stopped me from cheating. Um, so, Matt Step, you get the first pick of the Week Eight draft. What is your number one game? I'll tell you what, it's a good week in games. There's, I mean, I was going through picking picking the games this week, and it's a, it's a strong week. It really, um, got, it really is. And you know what? Got some bangers. One thing I wanted to I wanted to mention is that this is sometimes there are weeks where it's like, oh, it's a really good week in five A, but four A and you're not that great, or three A maybe they, they just don't have a great week. Equal opportunity, man. Every single class has at least one game that you're like, that is a legit excellent game. Yep. Um, Absolutely. I'm going to start in the, the general Metroplex, and I'm going to go out to Decatur. Yeah. We have a top 10 matchup in Class 4A Division One as Brian Hewlett's Springtown Porcupines come to visit Decatur and take on the Decatur Eagles. Both teams are 6-0. and Two of three 6-0 and teams in District 4, 4, 4, 4A Division One. I think these are the two best teams in this district. They're both ranked in the top 10 of the state. And the two things that what these two teams have in common is flamethrower offenses. These teams are going to score points, and they can score points in a hurry, and they can get it done in multiple ways. Decatur's got Gunnar Ragsdale, Roman Fuller, uh, the one-two combo at quarterback and running back, and they've got a lot of different receivers. Springtown, the headliner is Cameron Ricketts, but they've gotten it done without him. When they played Graham, Ricketts didn't play. 
and they still blew Graham away and put up a big point. I think put up 50-plus points in that game as well. Brian Hewlett's squad is dangerous on the offensive side of the ball, and I think they're going to come into Decatur, and, and this is going to be a game where the, the margins are going to be really slim, and I think mm-hmm. you're going to see bo- – I think both teams are going to top the 40-point mark. If you're looking at over-under in this game, yeah. take the over. It's going to be high. I think the difference is going to be defense here and which defense can come up um, in key moments and get stops because both of these offenses have just shown such a propensity uh, to put up points. That's a lot of P's there, propensity to put up points. I like it. Um, yeah, thank you. Um, and I, I think that you're just going to look at which which team can, can on the defensive side of the ball get off the field, win on first and second down, put the opposing team in third and, and really long and try to get off the field and, and, and make some plays. Um, the game's indicator, so you got to think the Eagles have a home field advantage a little bit, but Springtown's not that far. It's going to be a big crowd. Decatur's got a cool little stadium right kind of in the middle of town there. It's going to be a rocking atmosphere in Wise County on Friday night. The One of the things that really interests me about this game is that I think both teams have – an individual superstar that everybody probably knows their name. I think everyone knows Roman Fuller at Decatur, and I think everybody knows Cameron Rick at the running back at Springtown. But they've got like uh, they've got like the, the the secondary stars too. Camden Chesney, the quarterback for for Springtown, has been really good. Yeah, really good. And then the running game for Decatur, it's not just Roman Fuller. Like Gunnar Ragsdale, their running back has been really good as well. Yeah, he had hundred. He had almost two hundred yards rushing last week. And yeah. there, and I'll tell you what, Decatur got pushed last week. They went up, they went up to Wichita Falls Hershey and played a good Hershey team, and got pushed. They trailed that game at halftime, and I believe they were trailing uh, into the third quarter before they scored the final thirteen points to win uh, forty to twenty eight. Um, Springtown did not get tested last week. Mineral Wells was very little resistance. Yeah. It was thirty five nothing at the end of the first quarter, and it was it was church from there. So. You know, both teams have been tested. They tested themselves in non-district. I, I think these are very evenly matched teams, and it would not surprise me in the least if this is a 4A Division One, Region One, regional final preview. Um, we could see this matchup once again. I think these are two of the three or four best teams in the entire region and could easily meet up once again. Well, and that, that's the thing is that, remember, this is the region that has only, what, uh, 18 teams in it? Yeah, so the, t- only two teams in the region are not going to make the playoffs, and they're both in this district, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be Burke Burnett and Merrill Wells who are going to miss the playoffs. Yeah, Burke Burnett. I think everybody else is going to get it, yeah. Yeah, uh, but it is really – this is a really interesting, and I think you're right. This is a game with uh, – you know, for the district ty- title, all due respect to Gainesville, um, I think these are the two best teams in that district. Yeah, and there is some there is some playoffs, you know, in in five a and below. These games do meet, matter for seeding. Yeah, you know, you, the winner of this game is going to get to play the number four seed out of District Three, and District Three is a good district. I mean, Canyon, Dumas, Pampa, and Hereford are all strong teams. You want to you want to get that number one seed and have the uh, the most favorable matchup that you can get in the first round of the playoffs. You don't want to lose and then be on the brink to lose another game and then have to play Dumas or Canyon in the first round of the playoffs. You'd want to get in that top two. So this is a big game for seeding purposes. Um, I don't know how much we, stock we can put into this game towards the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're just so evenly matched. I think unless one team blows the other out, I don't think you're going to be able to separate one or one of them very much when it comes to who can win the region come playoff time. I think this is I think it's going to be a great game. I think, it's a, I think that's... 
arguably the pick. I think that I think that you know I would have I think I would have taken that one with one one as well. So I'll go into my first pick, and there are some really intriguing big school games, uh, but I'm going to stick with small school, and I am going to go to beautiful Indian Stadium in Tuscola. Let's wow, go. Big country. One of six matchups of unbeatens in the state this week. You mentioned one, Decatur and Springtown. I'm going to 3A Division One. Wall and Jim Ned. Um, Wall started the year kind of on TV with a really impressive victory over Mason at the Puncher Dome, snapped their long winning streak at home. And they haven't really slowed down. I think we've kind of, you know, they, they really, they look great in non-district. Non-district, they've been, they, yeah. they've been fantastic. And they've just kind of not slowed down since then. Mason Fuchs, their quarterback, has been great. Chase Rios, the running back. That flex bone attack is just difficult to stop. Uh, but they throw it well out of the flex bone too. You know, yeah. Wall, that's that's what separates Wall this year to me is their ability to throw the ball. Yeah, Fuchs has been really solid throwing the ball, and and that's what makes them interesting. But I think that actually, in and and not to spoil my picks video, but this is a point that I make in the picks video. I think that actually these two teams, from a perception standpoint, are very similar in the sense that they both have these big offenses, right? Fuchs and Rios for leading the flex bone attack for for Wall. Uh, Riley Perry is the quarterback for Jim Ned. He's been great. They've got a ton of people, dudes around him, including, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, Jamin Harwell, Dylan Martin. I mean, this is a really, really good team. But I would make the argument that for both teams, the actual strength of their team is not on offense. It's their defense. And both these defenses have been nasty. Jim Ned, remember, Jim Ned for like... Did they start the year with three shutouts? It was three or four. It, it, it was at least three that they started out the year with, three, with shutouts. They're, they're six and oh. They have four shutouts in six games. And one of those wins, yeah. one of those games is Mason. They beat Mason yeah. as well uh, at home. Um, yeah, they, they, I just looked. They, 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 they pitched shutouts in their first three games, and then they, they had the audacity to allow points in games uh, four and five. And then last week, Got back on the shutout streak and shut out Breckenridge thirty-two to nothing. Their defense has been great, and Wall's defense has been great. Wall is as seeing them in person in, in Texas football days. Wall is big, man. Yeah, they are they're big and physical, beefy, and that is you know what's interesting is that, and this is going to sound weird, but they're really tall. <laughs> like, like they have a lot. They'd be of guys, a great basketball team. Yes, they have a lot of dudes who are like who are like six two and over. Like they are really tall and that's what's what's really interesting about this matchup is i think that for all the talk we have about the offense i actually think this could be a pretty low scoring game and and this game could be in the 20s um I, I am really interested in this. I think that, the, you know, Wall is um, the computer, by the way. The computer loves Wall. The computer, I want to say, still has them number one in 3A Division One, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. And they have been every bit the part of a title contender. And I think that actually they're now number two behind Die Ball, number one, <laughs> 3A Division One. Um, lumberjacks. The lumberjacks. Um, this is a. I'm, I'm, hey, I'm, let me just say this. I'm here for a Die Ball Wall State Championship. That would game. be so much fun. Do you. If that's possible is die ball region two or are they region three? Oh, good question <laughs> i'm here for that if that happens let me let me see if i can i want to say they're region three uh but i'm here I, for it i can check it uh but that is this is a game that i think has a chance to be low scoring the a gym that is at home yeah they're district 11 so region three that game if it, if they're die ball and wall the final score might be like 10 to 7 yeah it might be yeah like and well 
One thing that I think is underrated in this game is Wall gets – so Cinch Dickey, which is a great name, by yes. the way, Cinch Dickey, he got hurt in the season opener against Mason and hasn't played. He actually returned last week, and that gives Wall an extra weapon on the offensive side of the ball to go along with Rios, and I think that's a big addition. He played last week in their, in their win over Clyde, and I think probably last week was kind of one of those games to kind of get his footing under him, and he's back as well, and that just gives – Gives Wall extra extra firepower. Um, you know, by the way, another district where there's three undefeated teams because Eastland here with the newly Texas Tech committed Baron Morton at the helm. So it's not a guarantee that the winner of this game is going to win the district, but I think that this is probably this will put them at least in the, in, in the driver's seat for the district. Yep. The computer likes Wall by nine, um, even on the road, which is interesting. I think this game has a chance to be really low scoring, and and I'm very interested in this one as far as three A Division One Region One is concerned. I think, heck, I know you saw Pilot Point last week. I think there's an argument that the winner of this game is the favorite out of Region One. Uh, I would I would tend to agree. Here's an, another underrated thing about this game is Pilot Point beat Brock, so Brock is probably going to finish second in District Four. Yeah. So Brock is going to play the third place team from District Three. Which is going to be probably either Wall, Jim Ned, or Eastland. Mm-hmm. If you win this game, you've taken a big step in avoiding a really tough first round matchup with Brock. Yes, that is um, absolutely. So true. the winner of this game, the loser of this game, is now facing a must win against Eastland to avoid that third place uh, seating against Brock. So um, there's a, there's a lot on the line in this game, um, just a, from that perspective as well. Because really, really you talk about district. a banging first round matchup, Brock versus Wall, Jim Ned, or Eastland. Sign me up. That is that's actually a really good district. District three, three, three. Oh three. gosh, yeah, that's it, really good. District three will come up a little bit later. I think. I mean, I think. I think Clyde's really good too. We'll get into that anyway. Yeah, anyway, yeah. All right, let's go on uh, to your second pick number pick. two. Yes, I am going to go out east. Where Gilmer at five and two and one and zero in district visits Texarkana Pleasant Grove six and one one and zero. And I'll tell you what, Gilmer last week they uh, they had to scratch and claw to beat Longview Spring Hill last week. That that Longview Spring Hill team is something to deal with, and I think it is, is really starting to come on. And Gil- Gilmer got all they wanted from them, but they, but they got the big win at home. Uh, 42 to 34, and they got it done with the running game led by Daryl Bush. 24 carries, 170 yards, and three touchdowns. And they're going to have to get that running game going against, against against maybe one of the best defensive lines in the state in Texarkana Pleasant Grove, who uh, opened up district play pretty impressively, rolling past Pittsburgh 49 to 19. And uh, you know we know all about Pleasant Grove and the offense with Ben Harmon, BYU commit Bruce Garrett, uh, KJ Hicks, and Sergio Rodriguez chipped in on the running game. Uh, this is a dynamic offense, and then you take a look at that Pleasant Grove defense with Landon Jackson, Marcus Burris, and Nick Martin, uh, three big time Division One recruits on that defensive side of the ball. Um, they are going to be zeroed in on this Gilmer running game because Gilmer, you know, we've thought about the elite Gilmer teams. They've been really good, uh, balanced on the offensive side of the ball. They've been able to throw and run almost equally. This Gilmer team is not that. This Gilmer team relies heavily on the running game. Mm-hmm. So I, I think what Pleasant Grove is going to do in this game is they're going to put eight guys in the box and say, all right, Gilmer, beat us, beat us through the air. And, and they're going to make try to make Gilmer's quarterback, who's been – uh, shaky at best at times, beat them through the air. And just not sure they can get it done. And, and on the road against Pleasant Grove, I, I think that's a bad a bad recipe if you're one-dimensional going against uh, that defense that Pleasant Grove has. But 
this is a big rivalry now. You know, Pleasant Grove for years and years and years just got dominated and pummeled by Gilmer, and, and the worm has turned. Pleasant Grove's won the last, I believe, two games. They, they beat Gilmer the last two years in the regular season, and uh, they've kind of had their number the last couple of years, and the games they haven't been that close. So I know Gilmer would love nothing more than to reestablish themselves as dominant East Texas team, but going against Pleasant Grove, that's, that's, a, that's a tall, tall order for uh, – for Matt Turner and the Buckeyes. How's this for computer rankings? Uh, the computer thinks this is the number one and number two team in the state in 4A Division II. Um, they've got them one and two in the state. Um, and, I mean, I'm not I'm not necessarily inclined to disagree. Gilmer's, Gilmer's who are Gilmer's losses to? Um, Paris and Car- uh, Carthage. Yeah, the, the, the Paris loss has not necessarily aged as well as they had hoped, but... Uh, I mean, yeah, Paris, Paris is a mess right now. I don't know. I don't know what's happened to those guys. I've, there's no excuse for them to be losing thirty. I mean, Salina is good, but thirty-four nothing. That's there's something. Something is amiss in Paris. Yeah, I think I think you're right. But in any case, this game figures to be fun. Uh, pl- the computers got Pleasant Grove by thirteen. A uh, little rich for me, but at the same time, that just shows. I think that just shows how dominant. The computer thinks Pleasant Grove is against the field in, in about four that. Yeah. A Division Two. Because that's the thing is that this is the second best team in the dis in in four A Division Two according to the computer, and they have them as basically ten points on a neutral site. That's yeah. that is impressive, um, and you know we'll find out. This is you know because because I think you can make an argument that when you take a look at Pleasant Grove's uh, schedule, right? I think that there's a fair argument that their best result right now is a loss. Like their best, their best result is is probably that win over Carthage. Um, you know, they beat Paris in that close one. That hasn't aged as well as it, it had to. They beat Henderson. Okay, they beat Atlanta. That's again, it's a three A, and it hasn't necessarily aged well. I think that their best result right now is a twenty one point loss to Carthage. Um, this would be a signature win, and the kind, the kind of thing that vaults them. And and I think. You know, undisputedly, in my opinion, this is the, the the district championship game. You know, but I think you you made a great point about Spring Hill, and the thing about Spring Hill that's interesting, man, they make you play their game. They muck yes. they muck you up, and they say, "All right, you're going to get down in the mud with us, and we're gonna we're gonna play physical and nasty and gross, and maybe you're going to win, but you're gonna you're gonna feel gross coming out of it." Yeah, Johnny Louvier has done a great job with that program, and and that team that I think could could be easily be the third best team in that district. I mean, they they blew Silsby away two weeks ago, and Silsby gave West Orange Stark all they wanted last week. So that just shows you. So don't look at that Gilmer game and think, oh, man, Gilmer barely beat Spring Hill. Spring Hill's very good. That's a good yes, team. Yes, I totally agree with that. All right, that's a great pick. Uh, I am going to select – okay, I'm going to do a big school game. I'm going to go to Central Texas, and I'm going to do Cedar Park and Hutto. And this is not a matchup of unbeatens because Cedar Park did take that early season loss, that week one loss to uh, Vandegrift. Mm-hmm. And – um, what's interesting about this matchup, besides the fact that this is, all due respect to our buddy Ish and Maynor, this is for the District Crown, 11-5-8 Division One. Um, but this is another example of a region where you want to finish as high as possible because you don't want to run into Shadow Creek earlier than you have to. Mm-mm. You want to avoid that that monster as yes. quick as, as long for as long as you can. So. I was texting with a buddy of mine who's on staff at Cedar Park, and we're on the premium podcast, so I don't mind saying it. Um, and I, was, and, and I, I kind of asked him, I'm like, well, what do you think of Hutto? And he goes, well, here's the thing about Hutto. Playing great ball right now. So he's, he's got a lot of respect for that offense. He goes, 
I don't think that defense has seen an offense like ours. And you know what? I'm inclined to agree with them. Um, that Cedar Park, you know, I know they got shut out in that opener uh, to Vandegrift. And, and then even then, they kind of struggled um, kind of after that as well. I want to say the like second, like the 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 first half of their second, like they beat Cedar Ridge twenty six fourteen, and you're like, uh oh, man, this offense is broken. Since then, man, dude, Ryder Hernandez, their quarterback, mm-hmm. has been nuts. He's been so good. Yeah, um, he's been. And that defense, that Black Rain defense, is still. Still doing that. Cedar Park is going to Cedar Park, and they're going to play tough and they're, physical defense. They're turning people over. They're turning people over in a big way. Now they go up against a Hutto team with, uh, I would say, what has been a revelation at quarterback in Grayson Doggett, the sophomore. He's been Some play in week one. He was really impressive. He's been excellent. And what I like about this Hutto offense is that they have this sophomore quarterback surrounded by a bunch of seniors. It's like a he's like the one guy who's like. Like the the underclass, he's the youngster. Everyone else, it's like senior Makai Kimball, the running back. Like senior Dejon Harrison, the running uh, the, the wide receiver. It's like senior on the offensive line. Seniors on the offensive line. He is surrounded by these seniors, and so that's what I really like about this offense. And to me, uh, for as much as as much as we're going to pay attention to the Hutto offense, which has been so good and been such a calling card under Brad Plant, going up against this Black Rain defense, I think the other side of it is really interesting too, because this is a huge test for the Hutto defense. And yeah. Yeah, Huddle's got a headliner on defense. They got the big defensive end who's committed to LSU, whose name escapes me at the moment. But they do have, oh, you know, yeah. I, I, Huddle's defense is very good. But I, but I agree with the assessment of our, our buddy on the Cedar, Cedar Park staff. Mm-hmm. I don't think they've seen an offense that executes at the level that Cedar Park has been executing at the past three four weeks. And it's yeah, I was going to say you said the past. They played athletic weeks. offenses. You know, West Mesquite is as yes. as athletic as anyone, but their level of execution is uh, leaves a lot to be desired. But Cedar Park is going to execute the hell out of their their game plan, and they're gonna they're gonna be where they're supposed to be. And Ryder Hernandez is gonna put the ball where it needs to go. And sometimes, man, if you're a quarterback, sometimes you're on a heater. And right now, Ryder Hernandez is on a heater, uh, and 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 it's gonna be a big test for Hutto. So uh, that is my second pick. What is your third pick, Matthew? Going down to H Town as Alvin Shadow Creek visits. Unbeaten Friendswood. How about that? That that that, that Friendswood win over Foster is a, uh, as impressive a win as we've seen this year. Um, when, I know Robert Koopman was our coach of the week, and and, and Friendswood. Let, let's not make it like Friendswood's been a bad team, but we really didn't have them on the radar. They were kind of off the radar a little bit, and they they haul off and beat Richmond Foster, and now they uh, they they get a chance to tangle with the big dogs at Alvin Shadow Creek, who who. This this stat still blows me away. Alvin Shadow Creek in school history is twenty one and one. <laughs> they are undefeated. Un- unbelievable. Never lost a regular season game. No, and uh, you know Shadow Creek the last couple of weeks they've just dominated, overmatched opponents. They're, they're, they'll get tested this week by Friendswood and Luke Greeden, the, uh, the Gurden, the quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. I, I believe he's a, he's a started since he was a freshman at Friendswood. Um, he makes all the plays. He he puts the ball where it needs to go. Friendswood's not going. As Coach Koopman said, is that they, they live in a very fast, uh, fast part of town, and they're not very fast. Friendswood's not going to uh, pass the eyeball test. They're not gonna. They're not gonna be the kind of kids you pick getting off the bus first. But they're just scrappy and they're tough. And I know it's very cliche and and lunch pail and all those other kind of things, but it fits with Friendswood. This is kind of what they do. And they're going up against Shadow Creek team that is. 
uh, as dominant and as athletic as we've seen in quite some time at this level. And uh, I think what's been huge for the Sharks this year is Kyron Drones. Yes. You know, he's come in and he, he got – you know, when um, when Jamarian George got hurt in the state title game last year, they brought him in for a series, and he looked the part as a sophomore. I mean, he's a pocket passer. He's about six foot three. Big kid, big arm. He he can run, but he doesn't run like Jamarian. Jamarian George w- was running around, and he was make, looking to make forty or fifty yard runs. Kyron Jones, when he when he runs, he's typically moving to look to throw the ball down the field and make a big play. And if he runs, he's going to try to run and get a first down and get out of bounds. So it's a little different style of Shadow Creek this year, but equally as effective. And, and the Sharks have been, in my opinion, more dominant this year than they were last year. Yeah, I mean, I think there's, I think there is a real argument that they are noticeably better than they were last year how much fun would this is looking way ahead how much fun would a shadow creek lone star state title game no 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 no. dude you're taking the words out of my mouth because i said that exact thing while i was watching marvin mims carve them up carve up frisco wakeland a couple weeks ago i go man this this lone star offense i mean everything everything about that matchup is like Dreams. I'm here for it. Here for oh, it. Oh, so good. Yes. Wow. Yeah. A lot of chef's kiss. Chef's lot, kiss. A lot to get to before then, but you're right. I have already fantasy booked that in my mind, and it's really fun. All right. Great thing. I I'm going to be small school Tupper again. I'm going to go to a team that maybe I don't think we've mentioned on this show uh, yet this season because I think that they have somehow, despite being number one in our computer rankings, I think they have flown under the radar. Let's go to Weimer Stadium for another Battle of Unbeatens and a district title on the line as Shiner goes on the road to take on Weimer. I think we've mentioned Weimer before when they played Flatonia. That was Yes, yeah, yeah it's the only time you mentioned them. And, and this is I think you know, we've got six unbeaten matchups. I think this is the only matchup of two seven and teams. These two teams haven't had their bye yet. So I these think, two are seven and I think that's right. And you know, we, we, we mentioned when we talked about Weimer with their big one over Flatonia, uh, they were without Ravondre Weeks in that game, but he is back and he is playing really well. He's averaging more than 170 yards a game. Defense has been great, really good for them. We have basically, I don't know if it's possible for Shiner to be under the radar at 7-0 and and number one in our computer rankings, and I think number two in our human rankings or something, two or three in two division one. Dude, Shiner is... Straight up murdering people right now. I was talking to a couple of folks down in that part of the state, and they, they told me this is the most explosive Shiner team they've ever seen. Dude, they are. Shiner, Shiner in the past has been really good, but they haven't been real explosive. It's been, it's been very tough defense and kind of a physical running game that just kind of wears you down. They're they're putting up big-time point numbers every week this week, this year. They've got that Don, Donye Taylor at running back, and they've got big Doug Brooks, the sophomore, who's like 250 pounds at running back. They've got a yeah. lot of weapons at Shiner. And, by the way, they got a quarterback. Tyler Palmer, their quarterback's been really good, too. And, and if Shiner's throwing the ball well, you, you might as well just – you're, you're not going to win. It's church. Right. And, do they have outscored – Shiner's outscored their opponents by 317 points this year. Think is that about good? That. Is that. Is that good? That I think seems that's pretty good. pretty good. Um, it has been it has been a, a clinic down there, but I think because 
One, I don't think they've really had like a big like marquee game yet. Like if you look at their schedule, I want to no because Lexington, Lexington is way no. down this year. They beat Burton, I think, and Burton's yeah. down. I, I I think it's just unfortunate that, that their schedule this year, the teams well, that they well, no, I have mean, played. Oh yeah, I mean, here's the thing: they had a three they had a three game stretch there, and actually another game, well, a four game. I would even say five. They had five games in a row that all should be headline grabbing games. Uh, one after the fact, Vanderbilt Industrial. You want to talk about a, a, a win that has aged well? Um, yes, yes, very much so. Because Industrial, the Cobras are playing really good ball right now. Then they played the snakes. The snakes. <laughs> at Burton, they beat them forty-nine nothing. At Tidehaven, who is a Dave Campbell's Texas football favorite in the early going, they beat them fifty-two to nothing. And then they played Goliad. Another team that is is was started the year ranked and has just really scuffled this year, and then they played Lexington, who has all obviously struggled this year as well. But the problem is that basically everyone they've played has kind of been like it turns out they're not all that great. Well, here's a team that we know is great in Weimer. Weimer is a really good team, and if they go on the road and they do, if Shiner does to Weimer what they've been doing to everybody else, like it is not just time to start considering them. I mean, it's time to start considering them for for a title. Like, really interesting. For sure. I, I think in Region 4, you know, with Mason and their struggles this year, I, I mean, I think I think Region 4 is coming down to Shiner and Refugio. I think you're right. I think you're right. And I, I think that would be a game I would love to see. I, I would yeah. I would love to travel to South Texas and watch that game. That I think that's going to be, be a lot of fun. Yeah. All right. What is your fourth pick, Matthew? I'm going to go, I'm, I'm take the, 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 the obvious one. I'm going back to the Metroplex as – Frisco Lone Star at six and zero visits the Colony at six and zero, and to say that Frisco Lone Star has waited all year for this game is probably an understatement. <laughs> and for those of you who don't remember, last year these two teams played on maybe one of the worst surfaces I've ever seen at Toyota Stadium in Frisco, which is a grass field. And uh, they played in week eight last year. There had been a ton of rain in the Metroplex, and then there was a concert, and the field was just in awful shape. And it was just a grimy, kind of mucked-up game. And Lone Star led, I believe, like 10 to 7 with like six seconds left. And the Colony was on like midfield, and they run a perfectly executed hook and lateral play that Miles Price took the pitch and scored a touchdown on as time expired to stun Lone Star 13 to 10. I think Lone Star's wanted a, wanted a, wanted a little piece of the colony for a while. I think they remember and, it. And if you're a recruiting guy, this game is for you. There is talent. I mean, the colony is as talented as anyone with Keith Miller, Kansas commit, Texas Tech commit, Miles Price, Christian Gonzalez, a Purdue commit, Mikey Harrington at quarterback. The Colony, who's kind of known as this plotting kind of run-the-ball team, is as dynamic and as explosive on offense as anybody in the state. We know about Frisco Lone Star and Garrett Rangel and Marvin Mims, but what doesn't get talked about is that Lone Star defense led by Utah commit Jalen Ford at linebacker. This is as fast and physical a defense as I've seen all year. And I have seen Lone Star in person, and they pass the eyeball test. They will hit you. And this is going to be a fun game. I mean, talent across the board, and I think we're going to have a district title on the line in this ballgame. I think so, too. And, you know, the, the revenge aspect is interesting. And I also think it's an opportunity to ask 
one of our favorite questions on this podcast, which is, do they got the juice? Because mm-hmm. we'll find out about the colony. Because the, the funny thing about the colony is We know that Lone Star's got the juice. We know them. Um, the funny thing about the colony is really when they jumped under our radar was when they beat Frisco Reedy, right? Yes. That has not – that is no. no longer a signature win basically. No, and, and then they they scuffled with a they, they scuffled with Frisco Centennial. I think they struggled with Frisco Lakeland as well. Um, they they they've had a couple of games where they've, they've scuffled. I mean, they've scuffled a little bit. So um, this this is the chance for the colony to really show us what what they've got. And I know we've been looking ahead, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do it again in this game. The winner of this game probably wins the district and gets a very favorable first round matchup. The loser of this game is gonna get one of three teams. Timberview, Highland Park, or Lancaster? Nope. In the first, don't want any. I don't want any parts of that. You want that that is a horrible first round matchup for anyone who finishes in second place in a district. This is a huge game because the winner of this game probably has the inside track to a district title. And no offense, but Mansfield Legacy's down this year. That's probably who, you're going to get either Mansfield Legacy or Woodrow Wilson in the first round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I'd much rather take my chances with those two than the Highland Park uh, Timberview Lancaster trio. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. Um, an excellent pick. An excellent pick there. Um, hello. Um, all right. Oh, man. I think I know what I want to save for fifth, but I'm afraid it might go. Um, all right. No, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Because um, I, I, think, I think the one I want for last is going to hold. I, I think right. I, I think I've right. looked at your big board. I don't think it's on your big board. Okay. I'm gonna go to what can only be described as the weirdest district in the state. We're going to eight four A Division two, where Wake O'Connelly will visit suddenly surging Mahaya. Well, Frank Sandoval has got the Black Cats rolling, Man. and the biggest question I have in this game. Is does Mahaya break those awesome helmets back out oh, again? Oh, I didn't tell you this. Um, this is actually happening on the on the show. So our outstanding um, uh, uh, helmet design guy, Matt Davenport, uh, sent me the new batch this this week. Uh, guess what we got? We got the alternate Mahaya jersey or a Mahaya helmet on TexasFootball.com on the Mahaya page. Oh, beautiful! With the black cat. Oh, it's so good. That thing is uh, that that thing is a work of art. It is it is a it is one of the best I, I mean this very sincerely. It's one of the best helmets I've ever seen. It's oh. so good. When I saw that picture, I, I, I mean my heart was just so full. Oh. I'm telling you, it was awesome. So, I texted Sandoval right away and I said, You it was a picture of them in the state championship against Vernon. And I texted Sandoval, and I said, you guys have got to get that helmet back. And he just texted me with the eyeball emoji, so I knew something was coming. So, so Mejia, if you – Mejia is, is one of the teams that right now you don't want to play. Um, they are another team that kind of like we were talking about with Longview Spring Hill, they draw you into their game where they muck it up, and they just like they're, – they, they're going to force you into mistakes. They're going to make you uncomfortable. And and that's what they've done all year long. Their losses on the year are to Cameron Yo, turned out to be pretty good, and Malakoff turned out to be pretty good. Now those are three. Malakoff tough. They did seventeen fourteen. That game was really tough. Last week they really turned that district up, upside down. That district was looking pretty chalky. Okay, I think we know how everything is. And then boom, Mejia beats Fairfield, and they beat them by the way, like a drum. 
Yeah, pretty convincingly. They beat them really emphatically. Now going up against Waco Connolly, who, for as good as they have been, and they have been, they're undefeated, and they owe nobody an apology for being undefeated. Boy, they love messing around. They, uh, <laughs> they, yeah, they love had, messing around. Yeah, they've had some some close games for sure. So they they beat Lorena by ten in a game that I think was tied going to the fourth quarter. Uh, they beat Salado by seven in a game that they were down in. Uh, they had to come back and beat China Spring. They are, if you value dominance, right, bell to bell dominance. Connolly's not the team for you. They are a team that goes out there and they win. And they, the defense has been super opportunistic, and, I, and and credit to them for that. But if they fall behind against Mejia, like you wonder how many, you know, you wonder how many times they can get away with that. And if you want to talk, that district's already weird. Okay, you have Robinson at zero and two in district uh, that like is now in legit danger of missing the playoffs. Uh, and by the way, if they lose this week to Madisonville, a good Madisonville team, by the way, not yeah, a bad Madisonville is not to be trifled with. No, they are not. If they lose that game, like Robinson's going to miss the playoffs. And yeah, that whole they were in the top ten earlier this year. Yes, that whole district is so. Wild ass, and it's just deep. Any, any of those, even Conley, those seven teams, anyone can beat anyone on any any given night. Absolutely, not. absolutely right. So it is. It's a really interesting, weird game that, I, like, the chalk. The computer has. Uh, well, here's the computer's only got Conley by five. Okay. Yeah. The ch- the the chalk would be a Conley win, and then it's like okay, then things kind of get get sorted in, in that kind of traditional way where, yeah, there's a battle for those third and fourth playoff spots, but we have a number one. It's Connolly. They're going to win the district. If Mejia beats them, it gets real weird in a hurry. Yeah, because even though Mejia is undefeated, I mean, the, the margins are so small in that district. So that is my fourth pick, Connolly and Mejia. What is your fifth and final pick? If you take one, I'm going to be so mad. All right, I'm going out to Mesquite. Ooh, the sixth yeah. game. Yeah. As I think this game is for fourth place. I think this is straight up for a playoff spot Friday night at Handy Stadium. As surprising Tyler Lee at five and one and two and zero oh, takes on Mesquite six and one two and one, and in a game that I think is going to determine the final playoff spot. And the reason being is because Mesquite already has a loss to Horn. They still have to play Rockwall along with you coming up. They'll be significant underdogs uh, in those two games. Tyler Lee has yet to play. Rockwall, Horn, or Longview. I think they'll be underdogs in those games as well. So you look at it and you're like, I think this is for the final playoff spot. Um, what's impressive about Tyler Lee this year and their their rise to, to getting back to being a good team again under Kurt Trailer is, um, you know, the um, the balance that they've had. You look at the, the individual stats for Tyler Lee and no one really kind of jumps off the page and blows you in. They just have a lot of guys who have gotten involved and made plays. I mean, if you're looking at one kind of star, it's probably their sophomore running back, Jamarian Miller. Mm-hmm. But Bryson Donald's been very good as well. Um, but this is kind of the team that, that, if you look at it, is greater than the sum of their parts. Um, and they're going up against a mesquite squad that is as talented and as le- athletic as anyone. But that that's, those five win- – the six wins they have, the, the combined record of their, those teams is not very good. The one good team that Mesquite's played this year, they got beat and got beat fairly handily by a Mesquite horn. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know how much we know about the Skeeters right now. And I love Jeff Fleener, and, I, and I, I think he's a great coach, and I think he's got a good team. But I don't know if we really know what they have right now. And this is kind of the 
this is going to be kind of the make or break game for their entire season. I think because this, I think Tyler Lee is kind of in their similar weight class here. I think you're right, and I think that um, I think this game has a chance to be real pointy. I think this game could be really high scoring because I think these both these teams have an ability to break big plays. They're both home run hitting offenses, um, in, including if you are unfamiliar uh, with the work of Ladarius Turner, the running back from Mesquite, he's fun to watch. He's mm-hmm. real fun to watch. Mesquite's so athletic. They, they are, are. They are incredibly fast. They can fly, and I also think I also think the offenses are the strongest part of both of these teams, which could make this a really fun matchup. That could be. It could turn into a home run derby. Like it could turn into just home run hit it home runs back and forth. Um, I'm very. I think that's a great pick. And I think you're right. It's got major playoff implications, not necessarily at the top, but like right at that churn rate, where right at that churn point, where it's like one team's going to get in, one team's going to get out, mm-hmm. and and it could make for a very interesting finish in that district. I think one guy to keep an eye on. I think the difference maker in this game is Dylan McGill, the quarterback at Mesquite, who's uh, committed to Minnesota. He hasn't. He's had a good year, but he hasn't had a breakout game. I think this could be the perfect time for him to break out and lead Mesquite to to a playoff spot. Here's the thing. 11-6A is really good this year. The fourth-place team in that district has a very good shot in round one because 12-6A is a little down this year. It's not as strong as it has been. I think the fourth place, the winner of this game could easily be a favorite in the first round of the playoffs. Oh, yeah. I think you're right. And and they are – that's that's going to make this really interesting down the stretch. So, great, great pick. My final pick – I believe – let me make sure I, we did this right. One, two, three, four. Yep, we will pick yep. all six of the undefeated uh, undefeated versus yes. undefeated. We go to Tiger Stadium in beautiful College Station, Texas. By the way, I did say crime-free uh, on, on Football Friday on Friday night. I can't remember what I described. I think I described, like, Needville. It was, like, beautiful crime-free Needville on Friday night. <laughs> and, like, Aaron Hardigan looks at me like, What? Like, ah, she just didn't get it, did she? Don't worry. It's not for you then. Um, as we go, and um, the Battle of Unbeatens, A&M Consolidated coming off that big win over Lamar Consolidated, going up against undefeated Katie Pato, the Mighty Panthers. And let's just, before we get into the game, let's have a moment for the B.J. Gotti Appreciation Society. Okay? What he has done at Pato. This year, and and because remember, this is a second year varsity program. They were three and seven in a couple games last year, but but they in a lot of ways they were your typical first year varsity program last year. They weren't Shadow Creek, they weren't San Antonio Veterans Memorial, they weren't any of these teams that are, that are, that in their first varsity season go out there and do these incredible things. They they went three and seven. That's what first year varsity programs do. Mm-hmm. Like. Pretty okay. much par for the course. This year, man, six and zero. Oh, they are. And they're beating the tar out of people. They are they are absolutely dominating people. Their running back jo- Jonathan Jolly is awesome. Their defense has been lights out. And before we get into anything else, let's take a moment and say, BJ Gotti, you have done an unbelievable job this year. This has been an unbelievable start for the Panthers. So now let's address the elephant in the room, <laughs> which is that <laughs> they are six and zero, and their opponents are combined six and nine and twenty eight on the year. <laughs> Uh, they have not played anybody. Like their best win is probably Brian Rudder. Yeah, that's yeah. So it's like okay, great six and zero. You can make a real argument, and, and, and for and they should not apologize for being six and zero. You can only you can no. only play who's on who's on your schedule. And by the way, it's the same schedule they played last year, and they lost they lost a number of those games. 
But here is a different animal. Because here is a legit, in my opinion, a legit title contender in 5A Division Two, in A&M Consolidated. You saw him last week. And, and I think it's worth mentioning that Lamar Consolidated is a pretty explosive offensive squad. And they couldn't do diddly against consolidated mm-hmm. defense. They hit Lamar hit one big big pass play that that scored a touchdown. Uh, and Tate McWilliams is a really good running back, yes. and he had to fight for three and four yard gains in this matchup. They they were they were thoroughly dominated on both sides of the ball, and that that's the scary part for AM Consolidated is is if their defense is playing well. They're they're a, they're a title contender. Yes. They're, they're every bit as good as Alito, Cal Allen, Fort Ben Marshall, Manville, you name it, because that, that offense is going to score points. They are. Um, and so I believe Springtown will do the same thing. I think Springtown goes back-to-back against undefeated teams to cater this week and then presumably Gainesville next week, assuming Gainesville holds serve this week. Um, against Mineral Wells, which they, they should. They, Mineral, they'll, they'll be significant favorites they against are. Mineral Wells. Um, Consolidate's doing the same same trick where they played Lamar Consolidate last week. Now they play unbeaten Peto. I think there's a fair argument they should be favored in both games, and they're favorites in this one. But if Peto, I mean, look, Peto can run the ball, and and in a lot of ways, what we what's interesting is that we don't know what Peto is. They're a mystery because yeah, they've killed everybody, but they don't. We don't know how. Like none of those teams are any good. Now we will actually get a meaningful data point. Every I could see anything in this game. I could see. I think. The, I think the chalk is that Anum Consolidated, quote unquote, exposes them and comes out and runs away from them. But we also don't know if maybe Peto's just really stinking good and we don't know about it yet. You know. I think we're going to find out this week. I, we I will, think this is going to be the true litmus test uh, for Peto and kind of the, their early, early program uh, yeah. growth, so to speak. The computer has Anum Consolidated by twenty four. Because, again, Peto just hasn't played anybody. And by the way, Peto still has to play Lamar Consolidated and Huntsville. So there's a fair chance that they could, that, that they could slip all the way to, like, fourth in that, in, in that district. Uh, but in any case, an interesting game uh, for Peto and Consolidated. It's the other one of six matches on Beatons. So... That rounds out our draft. Uh, step to Decatur in Springtown, Gilmer, Pleasant Grove, Shadow Creek, Friendswood, Frisco, Lone Star, The Colony, and Tyler Lee Mesquite. I took Wall, Jim Ned, Cedar Park, Hutto, Shiner Weimer, Waco Conley, Mejia, and AM Consolidate, Katie Pato. And now, do you need time for Hipster Game, or do you know? I, I got one. I'm good. And now, with your Hipster Game of the Week, is Matt Step. I'm going back out to the big country in District 3-3A Division One in a game that I think is going to be for fourth place. Mm-hmm. As... Yeah. as Clyde visits the early Longhorns. Clyde, uh, both teams got drilled last week. Early got hammered by Eastland, and Clyde got hammered by uh, Wall 35-7. to So both teams are smarting a little bit, but I still think both of these teams, you know, there's a clear delineation in this district between the top three, and then I think Breckenridge is kind of a step below right now just because of their lack of depth and some of the issues they've had. I think Clyde and, and Clyde and uh, Early is for the fourth playoff spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love games like this for my hipster picks because these are games – these teams are probably not going to win a state title. They're probably not even going to win a playoff game. But these types of fourth games for fourth place are, are so big for these programs because just getting into the playoffs is huge. And this is a district rivalry game. Um, and it's a good matchup because you got a really explosive and wide-open early offense – 
going against a Clyde team that, that likes to run the ball, plays good defense. I mean, Clyde, before the loss to Wall, had pitched uh, three straight shutouts. Mm-hmm. So this is a team that relies on their defense. They're going up against an early offense. Blake Sanford squad uh, loves to sling it around. They love to put up points. They play at a fast tempo. So I think this is going to be a matter of, of which team can kind of establish tempo and kind of establish the rhythm of this game. But it's got massive playoff implications, and I think the winner of this, your reward, you get to play Pilot Point, guys. So yeah, <laughs> good luck with good luck with that. Because I saw Pilot Point last week, and that is as uh, dynamic a, a skill group of skill kids as I've seen in three level in, could, in a couple of years. By the way, and only because I'm looking at the district standings in, in a spreadsheet right now, you could talk me into Pilot Point and Boyd this week. I think that's I think Boyd's really flying under the radar too. Yes, um, absolutely. And I talked to Danny David about that, and he was very concerned about Boyd. He was very complimentary of the Yellow Jackets on what they can do. But their, their defense, their defense is playing really well. So that'll be an interesting shot. Pile points your favorite, yeah. but that's interesting. No, yeah, Clyde and Early, I think that it's it's a big spread in that game, but I think the computer's underrating Early just a little bit. I think you're right. Yes. All right. I am going to go to 4A. I'm going to go to, oh, what county is this? Uh, let's see. I'm going to go to Montgomery County. I'm to Montgomery County. Let's talk about what I think is a call it a district semifinal in the sense that if you if you win this game, you get a shot at the big boss for a chance at a district title. In District 11, 4A Division One, it is the Splendora Wildcats taking on the Little Cypress Mauriceville Bears. Bears. And uh, this is a game of two teams that I think both took early losses. Um, in fact, if you look at Little Cypress Mauriceville, their losses are to West Orange Stark and Jasper. That is not bad. Okay, Not bad, not bad. Splendora, on the other hand, um, let me make sure I get this right. Their loss on the year is huge. Who they lose? Uh, they lost seventy-five to thirty-five to Baytown Lee, which is a Very, a weird, underrated team. Yeah, an underrated team. Uh, a forty-point loss is obviously not ideal, but since then they've 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 found their rhythm, albeit against, in my opinion, pretty bad teams. Um, they beat Livingston, they beat Houston Cashmere, things like that. Um, this is a Splendora team that we know Marcus Scholes always has a dynamic and balanced offense, and he's got it again this year. Uh, Andrew Hernandez, their running back, has been very good, and this quarterback, uh, Cody Thorndike, has, has been very solid in the past couple of weeks. Going up against a little Cypress-Mauriceville defense, that, uh, this is a team that, that doesn't score a lot. They've got to keep the score low. They've got to go, and they've got they've got to keep the score low. When they do score, it's usually from their quarterback Ethan McCollum, who is you know a dual threat guy. He kind of does everything uh, in this game. Uh, oh no, I'm, yeah, I, I, that that is to me. I'm very interested in what Little Cypress Mauriceville is going to be able to do if they're able to. If this thing gets into a shootout, that is a huge advantage uh, for uh, for Splendora. They they want to get this thing up, up, up. Uh, Agree, and so that is. To me, I'm very interested in seeing how this matchup uh, goes about. So, and, and the winner of this game, I mentioned the semifinal in District 11, 4A Division One. Um, all due respect to Lumberton, who lost last week, but I think that the winner of this game is then the chief challenger to Huffman Hargrave for that number one spot. And by the way, you probably don't want to slip too far past second place. Uh, lest you maybe have to deal with a team like Navasota in the first round or a team like Carthage in the second round. So maybe win this game? 
maybe go out there and win this game? If you're either Splendor or a little Cypress Marysville, interesting game down there in Montgomery County for 11-4 Division One. That is my hipster game. Matt Stepp, uh, I know you are already traveling. You're in Canada, but once you I come am. back stateside, what's your plan? So Thursday night, I got a big game in District uh, 6-5A Division Two as Frisco Reedy visits upstart Denton Braswell in a game with a lot of playoff implications Thursday night. That's a really good Thursday game. And uh, by the way, Braswell was a hipster pick, so that's why you should that's why you should subscribe to Dave Campbell's Texas Football and become an insider because you get nuggets and previews like Denton Braswell being a team to watch. Hey, and they did. definitely they definitely are. Just a memo to Frisco Reedy. Um, this is probably a game you need to win. Yeah, if they lose this game, they're they're looking at potentially starting to be on the outside looking into the play. They, they had the win in their back pocket against Denison, which they had to hang on for dear life in that game as well. So um, they, they probably need to win this game. They're for sure. right back in the danger zone if they lose this game. And by the way, it's not like finishing fourth is going to be any particular picnic because you're probably drawing Ennis in the first round at Ennis, but yes. in any case. Um, and then Friday night, I'm going to be a big district matchup in the Metroplex as Flower Mound visits Louisville Hebron. In a game that I think is uh, very intriguing and interesting. Hebron, very surprising loss last week to Flower Mount Marcus. Flower Mount Marcus is all of a sudden starting to uh, get some t- – two teams in that district that, that nobody's talking about, Flower Mount Marcus and Louisville, uh, kind of the or- original powers in that district are kind of uh, reemerging, uh, so to speak, this year. They both were – Louisville emerged last year. Now they're getting Flower Mount Marcus uh, with their emergence. Can um, I so. – Can I – Can I uh, – uh, a small moment for uh, – of District 66A – uh, a note about my alma mater. Um, so Coppell went out there and got drilled by Louisville last week, and they're they're probably going to miss the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, Coppell's in some big trouble because you got Louisville, Hebron, and then Flower Mound, Flower Mound, Marcus. So they're probably going to miss yeah. the playoffs, and it's like and. Uh, but, mm. Oh. Tough times. My, my alma mater's struggling as well too. So the, the, the Everman Bulldogs are having a uh, rough rough year as well. So it's tough times. Tough. Okay. What else? Uh, and then Saturday, I'm going back to Houston. Third street, third week in a row in Houston area. Uh, but a, a nice double header um, as we have uh, Tom Ball Memorial taking on Cypress Lakes in a game that I think has some big time playoff implications in District 14 6A. Uh, Tom Ball Memorial is kind of the pretty much consensus number two team in the district and cypress lakes has never made the playoffs in school history they've been a perennial doormat and last yeah. year they kind of turned the corner and this year they're, they're four and three this year but their lat their three losses are by a combined 12 points they lost the season open to morton ranch by six they lost two in a row to cy ranch by three and cy woods by three and they lost they blew brian away last week so this is basically for Cy Lakes a must win. Yeah, if they want to get into the playoffs. They have to win this game and get a win uh, in their back pocket. So yeah, they're going to have huge to, game. They're going to have to steal one, and it's one of those games where they either got to win this one, or you're hoping things hold and things are okay, and then on Halloween you got to beat Bridgeland. Yep, and then maybe they can sneak into that fourth spot. Exactly. A, win, a win this week would, would go a long way towards a playoff spot. Correct. Um, and then Saturday night, another interesting game as um, Humble Kingwood Park, who's 3-3 three and three on the year but 2-1 and one in district play, uh, gets to host a really good new Caney ball club mm-hmm. who is 6-0 um, and oh on the year, 
fresh off a 42 to 12 blowout of a Port Arthur Memorial, they're not going to get talked about it much in, in region three, division one, because you've got shadow Creek, you've got Foster, you've got Friendswood, you've got all these teams that, that have uh, so much firepower. New Caney just kind of bobbing along at six and oh, no, you know, little, little sweet, sweet New Caney. No one's talking about them. Well, I'm going to get my, I'm going to get some eyes on them this week and, I, and see if they're, they're a bona fide, you know, top 10 caliber team. They are under, they are underrated. They're decidedly underrated. And by the way, man, uh, I mean, look at that district. And by the way, end of the year, battle line on 59, Porter and New Caney, that game is shaping up to be a banger and potentially yeah. for the district title. And you don't think Tex- Texan Drive – I don't think it's called Texan Drive Stadium anymore. I think they changed the name. Um, of it. It's a really nice stadium in New Caney. That stadium is going to be rocking and rolling, I'm going to tell you. Yes, that's the season finale. That's a good That's a good little good little weekend, buddy. It's not a bad Saturday doubleheader in Houston for no. sure. So it's 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 not bad at all. So. How was Frenchies last week? Oh, Frenchies was so choice. And guess where I'm having dinner at uh, Saturday night? If you say Spanish, Spanish flowers, I'm hanging up on you. Get ready to hang up on me because I'm going to Spanish Flowers. Oh, Saturday night, dinner at Spanish Flowers. Jerk. Look, m- I prepare my body all week for these road trips, <laughs> and I'm preparing for Spanish Flowers on Saturday. That is going to do it for us. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider. Step, you are back in the country next week, right? Yes, yes, I will be back in the back in the studio Monday to record Tep and Step. It, it, we're going to kind of have a uh, uh, on week on week off kind of thing. So uh, the week of Halloween that that week, uh, I have I have a business trip as President Business makes an appearance. Um, I will be in Atlanta, Georgia that week, so we'll have to do the show from the road uh, in two weeks. But. Yes, President Business makes an appearance. So, uh, and then I'll be back. So it'll be kind of off and on, because uh, I'll be back up here in Canada for my my wife, my wife's birthday, uh, right at the end of the season. So, well, good. Uh, Take care of what's important. Yeah. Yes, we got to keep Mrs. Steph happy. So, all right, bud. Uh, appreciate it, and thank you for being Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. And Steph, thanks for your courage. All right, we'll talk to you next week. See you next time on Texas Steph.